Pastor With No Answers theme song that you hear pretty much every week when I say, and this is the Pastor With No Answers, was actually composed by Dan Koch. And you can actually hire Dan Koch to compose music for your business or for a commercial. Go to dancoke.net. That's D-A-N-K-O-C-H dot net. And then I also wanted to bring some attention to the theme music of this new series that we are calling Why Do You Still Believe? And that is brought to you by none other than Lowercase Noises, which can be tracked down at lowercasenoises.com. A guy named Andy Othling. Very awesome stuff. Hope you enjoy this episode. On this newest segment of Why Do You Still Believe, we have Zach Bolin. A lot of y'all know him as the musician of Citizens and Saints. We're going to peer into his background a bit and talk about why he still believes. So he's 32 years old, became a Christian, he says, as a 14-year-old, his parents were both Christians and then obviously as any child's life would be unbelievably disrupted his was too when his dad passed away at the age of six when he prays he typically prays for peace he prays for his kids and oftentimes he prays through the book of Psalms he attributes his continual faith a lot to community but he's got some other things that he shares that was actually encouraging to me as well so without any further ado zach bolin and why he still believes so it's crazy like i have been thinking about this series and I, I was just talking to the, the series being why are there people that still believe and Priscilla and I were talking I mean because we've just changed so much in our faith and we have gotten so frustrated with so much of the religious entanglements but I, I want to personally move into a season where I'm more excited about my faith and community and a pursuit after Jesus and and all that and not and, and just move away from all the stuff that I'm frustrated with and it's like you know you hear people so often say things along the lines of you know you, you got to you got to talk to people that aren't like you and really stretch yourself and you know are you afraid of hearing other beliefs and all that stuff and I 100% agree with that but I have submerged myself <laughs> in hearing other people hearing you know the Dave Bazans of this world who I I love I mean I I I I know him on a first name basis. Wish I could say we were tight, but the dude is just amazing. One of my favorite people, but I'm like, I've, there's people that I know that I can talk to close friends, guys like you that I'm getting to know that I want to know what, what makes you different from, from another guy that maybe went to Mars Hill church and led worship. That's not a Christian anymore. I mean, cause there's, I'm sure a lot of worship leaders that were in the same situation that you were in 10 years ago and same season of life. And now they're like, yeah, I do not believe. I mean, it's, I mean, when you think about that personally, like 
how would you process the question of just like, is there something special about Zach? Like, is there like, are you are you stronger in your faith than people who've lost their faith? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, you know, I think you know. It's funny is because I remember, um, I don't know, like twelve years ago, a guy I really respect. He's a pastor now. He asked me. He's like, "Yeah, how are you doing in your walk with God?" And I yeah. said, "Oh, well, my walk with God's great, but I have all this other stuff that's, you know, bad." And he's like, "Wait, right. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> you know, and it was I had never really actually examined my own faith until he asked my, that question. He kind of called me out on my answer a little bit, and so it's kind of been one of those things where I, uh, I think I've had to really just realize that. Sorry, man. Just whether or not there's something special about you when it comes to your faith, and you're talking about your pastor and him. Yeah, question. yeah, absolutely no, nothing more special. And I think that's the thing that people, you know, when you're younger, you look at your someone older and you think, oh, I'll do that when they're older. When I'm yeah, older, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll do what they do. And then you get older and you don't, and then you get to the stage of life that, you know, I remember seeing an uncle you know, getting up every morning, reading his Bible and everything. Yeah. And it's like, you, you just, I think the older you get, the more you, or the more you live as a Christian, the more you see how much discipline I think it just requires and a willingness to want to be in relationship with God, you know, yeah. regardless of what you believe theologically, it's like yeah. everybody. I mean, yeah. Do you, do you know, like, do you have any close friends or maybe someone that you have admired from afar who doesn't believe anymore that used to? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like certain people that I know that I think are, I'm not really sure where they're at anymore. I don't know that, Yeah. I don't know specifically that they would say they don't believe, but right. I'm, 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 I think they're pretty much in that world right now of kind of feeling, yeah. feeling like they, they might not anymore. So, so for someone who doesn't, in your mind, did did they just give up? Did the enemy get a hold of them? I mean, what's what what makes them different than you? Or do you just choose not to bother with those sorts of thoughts? No, I mean, I guess I just don't think you can be human without doubt. You know, I think that's just kind of who we are. But then also, it seems like the large majority of friends that I've had or people I know that have drifted, it's mostly been because of either they were part of a church and that church just like things went really bad or um, they just kind of had disconnected a lot from any like semblance of Christian community, if you will. And I think that's honestly a big deal. Cause I mean, that is, you know, you you said earlier, it's like you do want to submerge yourself and be around people that think differently from you. Um, at the same time, too, there's value in being around other Christians, too, right. and that's not a bad thing, you know? Right. And so I think a lot of the friends that I know that have drifted, it's been sort of like, well, Christian community just can't be trusted anymore, and so we just got to, I just got to get away from that, and the only genuine people I know anymore are people who aren't Christians, you know, it seems to be the conversation I have. And I, and I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the fault's on Christians, too, for that, you know, if, if that's true, right. but at the same time, too... I'm also seeing like even people coming out of Marcel stuff. It's like there comes a certain point when you can only scapegoat and put things on people for so long before you have to start at least 
at least looking at yourself a little bit and saying, okay, what, what is, what is really my biggest holdup at this point, you know? And I think sometimes that's just a hard thing to, to want to do to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. As have you ever found yourself in a place since you were 14 where you were close to throwing in the towel or maybe seasons of like immense doubt to where you're just like, gosh, this is scary. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't even know that it was coincidental, but coming out of Mars Hill, there was a lot of, I just, I mean, part of too, I mean, I'd been, I'd worked at a couple bigger churches. I never really wanted to work in the church. And I think I was just feeling the effects of, um, just, sort of these business church models where you kind of, that were sort of stripping away for me that were really eating at me and realizing that, okay, God called me into this, but then I was questioning that calling altogether because, okay, now I don't want to do that anymore, you know, and that's the place I was at. And then I'm, you know, looking around and seeing all these people that are hurting and just thinking like, God, where are you in all this? Is this all, is this just going to keep happening? Like is Mars Hill just the first of all these big churches that are just going to start crumbling and everything and so that was a big thing for me it wasn't just the church but then I think as well anytime I at least in my experience I think big churches grow the way they do because it's a very um dynamic man uh, yeah there you go it's the opposite (laughs) (laughs) it's like conformity to the max right and so I think you just get a bunch of people thousands of people together that all think the same and no one's really like pushing back on a ton of stuff except for the pastor and that's like sort of the authority that pushes back on stuff. And then you step outside of that and you realize, oh my gosh, there are Christians that I respect that think differently than me on this subject and this subject. And, th- and that really that really affected me uh, eventually for the good, but I went to a bad spot for a while where right. I just started realizing, wow, people think so much differently than I do. And okay, wow, I've always believed this about this part of the Bible. I don't even think I believe it like that anymore. And then I, and then my initial reaction to that was it all must be something must be completely wrong with it all. And I think that's kind of common. It seems like with a lot of people, but then you, you know, the more you, whatever, whatever place you're in, whatever you're, you're doing, that's helping you navigate through it all. For me, it was just realizing that I just had hardly any, um, faith in science. Um, in my blood at all you know it was like I never really held the two um they were always in contention they were never meant to be something that worked together and so that was like a big thing was more of like an intellectual thing but I've also had moments too when I was I mean my dad died when I was six gosh I would I just I did not even want to believe there was a god if if there was a god it was just all right well all I, if there's God, well then, and, and that's where my dad is, he's in heaven, so I just, I'll, I guess I just need God to get me to heaven so I can see my dad. You know, it wasn't ever like, so I've definitely had those moments a lot where it's just, I struggle to really accept certain realities in this world, and I guess you kind of have a choice, like, you're either going to explore it and figure out why, or you're just going to get really frustrated and angry and just say, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so age six, you're exploring or or you're processing God 
and how he fits into my dad dying. I mean, you like, so it seems like at age six, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause that you're, you're old enough to have advanced thoughts, but it just seems like maybe a six year old can just concentrate on dealing with losing his father. But you're actually thinking too, like, well, what does God have to do with all this? Like, why would he do this? You know, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Gosh. Yeah, man. Were you were you a mad six year old or just confused or I was what? I was pretty quiet in a lot of ways. I didn't really know how to talk about it, and, and part of it was because no one really, I shouldn't say no one, but people. I mean, how do you talk to a kid who's just lost their dad? It's pretty hard to really know what to talk to him about, and so I just kind of I think in my own processing was in my head a lot. So uh, I believed all kinds of things. I'd believe okay. My dad, if God will get me, if, you know, I can believe in God and that'll get me to my dad or my dad didn't even die and God's just playing some crazy trick on me and, you know, or things like I'd be praying like God just take me to heaven so I can be with my dad, you know. I remember praying all of those things as, you know, from six on, you know. Right. Right. So what, what does, what keeps you, what keeps you hanging on? I mean, you said you went through some seasons in which you were like, wow, wait a second. Christians don't all believe in the same thing about major stuff. And what does, what does that mean for all of us? I mean, what, here you are, uh, I'll do some quick math 18 years later and you're still believing. I mean, what, what is that thing that keeps you hanging on? And, you know, I think it looks different for a lot of people. I mean, what is it for you? I think the biggest thing has just been the people that God surrounded me with, you know, really gracious people that, um, I I don't think I've realized it as much until recently, actually, like, you know, different people along the way, like there's a a guy who's a mentor, you know, I'd consider him to be a mentor, but, um, for a lot of years, an older guy, and he was just so gracious with me and all the things that I would share with him and struggle with. And then, you know, now we're at this this point. There was probably a point when he was mentoring me where we we probably believed a lot of the same things. But I just had a conversation with him, you know, last week or two weeks ago. And I'm sharing with him different things. And it occurs to me, like, man, we actually believe a lot of different things now. And this guy yeah. still loves me and sees me as a brother. And uh, yeah. I think to me that's probably been the most humbling and grounding thing for me is seeing other Christians welcome me and invite me uh, into friendship with them even when I'm not all that great of a friend. God's shown me a lot through that and not that that's necessarily been this perfect picture of who God is as as a father or as a friend but I think that's been part of it and I think the other part too has just been a miracle (laughs) of God's work honestly because I just think about you know I mean, my brother and I grew up in the same home, and we both took very different directions, man. And I'm not even sure why we did, be, except to say that like there was something in our personalities and something I think God was just doing. Not that he wasn't doing something with my brother, but just I just think for whatever reason, I've always found myself, no matter how lost I get, still always there's just like this thing in me that says, I need God. I need to get back to him. I need, I need your direction in this. And so, and that could just be from even a young boy, like crying out to God. I've always just, no matter how bad it gets, I just, that's sort of like remains my last resort. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's crazy because you either have to, 
you either have to attribute what you just described to God putting that in your heart to where you're constantly feeling like you need God, but you could also say, well, the path that Zach took and the experiences that he had and the things that he heard at an early age and his predisposition to believing in the supernatural and all these things added up to Zach's the kind of guy that just needs a God that seeks after God. And um, I think I think it was Science Mike who said that basically the the person that we are right now it is it is possible for it to literally be a brain that's in a test tube that's got all sorts of things hooked up to it like we we may not even be a person and then he said something i think in his book that what we are right now is exactly on par as if you took a, a brain and you downloaded a bunch like thir- for you 32 years worth of experiences and information like you are the result of everything that's been said to you every thought that you've thought everything that has happened and obviously he's not ruling out the supernatural but he's just saying that is how the brain works but so it's either it's either a supernatural thing or it's like a very scientific thing because there's there's a lot of people so your brother doesn't believe Mm-mm. no now, do you ascribe to more of a Calvinist slant or as as far as predestination or let's not even go there? No, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people, because I was at Mars Hill, just assumed a lot of things. And I <laughs> definitely went there on some things for a while. But You think women say- are, are inferior. <laughs> <You> both- <laughs> let's go down the list. <laughs> I can name for you the people that are going to hell. Uh, no. <laughs> I think that I find myself, the more I go, just finding myself landing in the middle a lot more on a lot of things. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, geez, sure, there are definitely, I guess I just think, you know, when you kind of, when you boil it down, you kind of get rid of all like the peripheral stuff, I think is that people make it a big deal. But I think that if you're just focused on, for a moment, Jesus and the gift of God that is given to us in spirit because of Jesus' resurrection. And then also, given the fact that we live in a culture that is extremely obsessed with the, resur- with the resurrection and not very much on the cross, right. I think that that's... I, I was reading this really great book not so long ago uh, where it just talks about how the you know we focus like our culture would focuses so much on the resurrection when in reality you know Jesus is the only one who's actually experienced it all we've done is tasted in it and so right. you know Jesus calls us you know to, to die this daily death and so you know whether you want to look at it this or not but he kind of says you know the death that Jesus died for a few hours we die, we, we die every single day of our lives, you know, and not necessarily in the, in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. And so I think that when you get to that point, I think it really does have to come. It is just, it's a faith thing. You know, it's like you're choosing to believe in a God you don't see that regardless of what you believe about atonement or, you know, wherever you are, you know, it's kind of like that there is a, you know, for me, it's like I'm putting faith in a God that that loves me, that died, that 
has resurrected from the grave and is in, has invited me into a life um, free from sin and, and death. And so yeah. when I say, you know, when I, when I say that, it's like that's not uncommon from any most gospel message, presentations you'd hear or whatever. But I think the thing is, is you are constantly making a decision to either believe that or not. And so I think, you know, science or whatever it is, isn't going to have an answer for that one. I don't. Right. What's the chance if you had to put a number on it, what, what's the chance that you think that you could possibly be wrong about your faith? Like that is just totally not based on anything. Uh, I mean, anything's possible, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I definitely have thought that many times, like, all right, well, and I, and I don't like the argument of, well, if it's all fake, at least I believed in, you know, right, at least right. I'm believing in this. And, you know, right. I, don't, I don't really like that. Right. I think that I could easily say, oh, well, then, you know, yeah, sure, it's possible it's all wrong. But then the thing that I can't, I cannot avoid is like if I'm looking at things right now, yes, it's easy to say, sure, maybe it's all like completely just we've been sold a big lie. But then I look back on the course of my life. And I look at the stories that other people share, and I just think, man, there is something a little bit, there's something significantly different in a lot of this stuff. And you see the way that when I look at God as like constantly turning, redeeming so many things, I look at how he's done that in my life, and I, 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 I am incapable of saying that those things just happen by chance, you know? Um, and so that's just kind of the place that I'm in, where I, I, I look at that stuff as God working and not just uh, some sort of me being the product of, of my environment and just some sort of natural chance that I'd wind up, you know, in a different trajectory than someone else, depending on what I went through. Like, I, I wholeheartedly believe that that was God saving me and continuing to sustain me. Yeah. What Have there been any times in your life, I, I, I call them uh, Chris Tucker moments, where you're just like... <laughs> Rush hour. Where, yeah, I love that. Okay. Where something happens and you're like, damn, that has to be God. Oh, <laughs> like, gosh. Like, has there been times where you've experienced something, whether a dream or just a feeling, and you're like, I don't care what anybody says, can't prove it to anybody, but that right there, I just feel like has to be God, like yeah. personally. Yeah, I mean, a lot. It seems like a lot of it's been around death, too. Like when my friends... um you know, daughter died. I was at their at her uh, memorial service, and I was like so pissed off about the whole thing. I mean, I was angry. I mean, honestly, that was one of the things that was really I was really struggling with for a long time, and really making me feel like. God, how old is this girl? She was she was eight. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I I was really struggling, and then. What was really humbling for me, and I just thought, this is these aren't crazy people. I know them. You know, these are some of my closest friends, and I see them broken, suffering, but praising God that she was free of her suffering. You know, yeah. praising God and thanking Him that they could be with her again one day. That right. that she wouldn't have to live that that this was the only suffering she'd have to experience and she wouldn't have to live another eighty years and experience more. That was just 
like I don't think you get a perspective like that taken I mean I've heard people on crazy pills but that's that's not that was those weren't two crazy people at the literally standing in front of the the casket of their daughter you know their their dead daughter's three feet from them they're not crazy you know and so that that definitely like I, I will always remember that moment as like well that's only God could give somebody a disposition like that in the midst of an unimaginable tragedy um, right. you know and, and they and not and it's not like it's like they literally endured an entire year of watching their daughter suffer it wasn't like they woke up one day and our daughter died it was like no, they endured a year of it, and they spent six months of those of that time knowing she was going to die. And then they get to the end, and they say, "Gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever had to go through." But God, God's healed her ultimately. Like she's she's not suffering anymore. He's he's redeemed this situation by you know giving her something better than what she's yeah. been experiencing for the past year. And so that's that's definitely, I mean, a specific moment that that always stands out to me. Yeah, yeah. So it it sounds like you're you're definitely at a place now to where you know not only so when it comes to the actual Christian faith. So when we when we say the word God, we're talking from a Christian perspective. I mean, you're, you're at a place where you're just like, yeah, you, there's a I guess there has to be a chance that it's not true, but you are Zach Bolin is a hundred percent convinced in in his mind that you know give or take some obvious theological blunders that are in your head right now, what you believe in is true, like there is a real relationship that you're in with with God, and you're a hundred percent convinced hundred percent yeah, and i don't I don't doubt that you know i, I and that's the thing too is even in the times when I've been doubting and I've doubted it's I, I at least this has been the case for me the majority of the times I've I've been heavy in doubt it's actually always been more around the bible or around something somebody told me that I discovered later was like completely not true um and so I I've yet to come to a place where I have any reason to believe that God is not actively working and and doing stuff even right now yeah it's crazy because the last question i was going to ask you is if you could get god to actually show himself to you in like an undeniable way like basically jesus and his radiance walking in and saying feel (laughs) you know feel the scars put your finger like would would you choose that because i i think some people are like no there's something sacred about having faith in the unseen but i personally in a heartbeat would say yes sign me up for that because i do struggle with a lot of doubt and you know for me faith is like a continual perseverance uh, I I can't stop believing. There's just that 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 thing that those times where I feel like God's presence is just so real. But my Lord, I would I would choose that in a heartbeat if if you know God could reveal Himself and and you know I could make an argument that He already has. But I'm talking like parting the Red Sea sort of stuff. You know, I mean, if yeah, if you, it, would would you choose that? Would you say yes to that? I mean, it seems like you don't you don't need that because you're you're good. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I would absolutely <laughs> say yes to that. I mean, I think the main thing too is that 
I mean, why? why I, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't. You know, like, right? I, It'd be cool, I, right? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm praying all the time for God to like tangibly, for whatever He's doing, for it to somehow be tangible, so it doesn't. Yeah. So we're not having a second guess, but like, you know, whatever it is. And so I, I just, I've because I've always like personally struggled with. I mean, one of them was unfortunately a pastor I followed for a couple years, but with sort of the audible voice of God thing, because I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just personally am like, all right. Um, it just so happens that the couple people I know that have, have really had those encounters uh, wound up maybe getting a little bit sideways. So I, I think that like there's like that side of it too where people try and kind of create these moments that may or may not be real. But that being said not taking any of that away from them necessarily. If God were to appear to me, uh, I would, I would imagine that would be an insane thing to tell people about. Right. Totally. Totally. If people would be like, well, Zach Dunn lost his mind. <laughs> Dude, I mean, cause when you really think about it, Jesus is with people 40 days walking around and there were still thousands of people who didn't believe. Yeah, totally. And the, and the, and the Christians were being persecuted still even with Jesus no longer in a grave. That's, I think that just is like, to me, you know, such a um, amazing, just, because even if I saw it, would I still believe it? Right. Yeah, totally. Because people did. That's true. Yeah, you uh, I had to have hallucinated, you know, totally. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's a crazy thought. Yeah, I would, I would choose it in a heartbeat too. Like, I've heard stories and, and I'm always extremely skeptical of it, but the whole, man, I died, I saw Jesus, he said that he's not done with me yet and that there's more work to do, or I've heard the stories of he gave me a choice. Yeah. I could stay here or oh, I could go back, but I oh, had yeah. to I had to be there with my mom and stuff. It's just like, man, if that's possible, I wanna die and I will come back. Okay? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> give me give me a little couple seconds here. Dude, I know, man. Zach, it, it's been fun, man. I actually uh I I enjoy this sort of thing because it, it definitely bolsters my faith. So I appreciate it. That's cool, man. I it's I appreciate the conversation, Joey. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, brother. We'll see you. All right. See you, man.